Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, 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 everybody. This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who, if you fell and tripped on the trail, would just consider you another bump in the road. Part of the trail, <laughs> Carl Mandrioli. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Oh my, my goodness! I'm so excited for this episode. I'm excited for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you <laughs> drinking something? I'm drinking water. <laughs> okay. okay. As you right, should. Start. Yeah. As you yeah. should. As you should be excited for me. This is uh, for sure. Yeah. You know. Ten seconds in, you need to drink a water. That's, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> With me today is Derek Somerville, a man who has seen a Bigfoot. And still thinks they're fake. Mm, mm, yeah. Okay. More water. Okay. I should get more water. Okay. But I won't. But I won't. <laughs> we got a Bigfoot episode. This is. This we do. Is, um, this is gonna be a doozy. This is this is a doozy. <laughs> I have been looking forward to this for a while. Um, it was a great interview, which you guys were all here. But uh, it's one of those things. It's like you want to be respectful at the same time. Um, mm. But it's it's hard. Right. It's really hard when you don't agree with somebody else. It's hard to be respectful no, no, to people. No, no. You have a hard time respecting I, people. Let me clarify because I know you're <laughs> questioning everything I say. Uh, it's easy. I, I wanted to be respectful. I felt like I was respectful, but it's it's hard to not fly off the handle sometimes when you hear some things that like just really stretch your your thinking or, or your belief. You know what I mean? So. I enjoyed it though. I thought he had a lot of good, um, respectful way of delivering all the information. But again, okay. You know, and as you're going to hear, he does his own show with a non-believer of the Squatch. So it's, you know, he can handle all this stuff. So we're going to let you guys hear this interview and then we'll give you some reactions to what we thought. So Yeah. I love, I just love your storytelling style, by the way. You're, you're, you're kind of giving the listeners some clues about what's coming up, but really just no information whatsoever. You're mentioning a he, you're mentioning some sort of random podcast and some sort of random co-host. We have not talked about him at all, so let's do that first. Are How you? About that? You're calling me a tease. <laughs> so I'm a tease. Yes, I'm a pod tease. 
I'm ta- I'm calling you a bad storyteller. <laughs> I'm not going to give away all the info. Gonna, it's like a preview. Okay. We we had the, had the pleasure, both Derek and I, Derek made this interview, had the pleasure of um, being joined by Jim Myers. He is the owner of a store called the Sasquatch Outpost in Bailey, yeah. Colorado, about an hour yes. away from me. And he's also the co-host of a podcast called You Don't Know Squatch. Such a genius which, name. Yeah, I know it is, and it's kind of funny because it's similar to your first podcast name, which is "I Don't Know Squat," right? Right. Uh, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you thought of that. Did you think of that all by yourself? <laughs> Look at you, dude. Look at you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. How, how have we made? How have we made a hundred episodes? <laughs> anyway, so so what I think what you were saying earlier though is is that here's the interesting interesting thing about what you're saying. You said that you had a hard time just not flying off the handle on some of the things that he was talking about, which by itself is very interesting because you haven't flown off the handle for anything for almost three seasons now. You're just like, I'm, I'm Mr. Switzerland. Like I just, I'm just going to play, you know, the, the neutral card. Do, and now you're, right. you're excited about well, this. There's, there's, here's yeah. the thing. You're like, get passionate. You don't have an opinion about this and that. Right. I don't have an opinion that's as passionate as yours about like the buff. Like you hate the buff. <laughs> I don't have that passion. Okay. Right. So, if I'm not passionate, I'm not going to give the opinion. But this, this I'm passionate about. This is becoming, yeah, well, we'll just leave it at that. This is for better, well, this is a Derek episode, right? Like, this is for you. This is my gift, <laughs> my season three <laughs> gift to you. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, pay close attention to the interview. I asked some questions up front, and I definitely chime in here and there, but it's your show. Uh, your know. show and Jim's no, show. It was, it was, yeah. it was, uh, it was a fun experience. I'll just say that. Yeah, and you and you did a good job. You you know you asked some good questions and didn't pull any punches. <sighs> it was yeah. All right, let's just let them get to it. Let's just get to it. Okay. Okay, and and before we get to it, just just so you know, we did get a very strong reaction to our last episode, the budget versus premium gear. Actually, Derek got the yes. strong reaction, and so we'll we'll get to that afterwards yes. because I know that there's some folks that want to exactly. have you own up to stuff. And I'll own it. Let's do it. Yeah, this is yeah, this is all about you today. <laughs> Not really, <laughs> but all right. So anyway, so thank you, Jim uh, Myers, for joining us for this interview. He did an excellent job was willing to answer all the questions and here's how it went down. So we are here with Jim Myers from the Sasquatch Outpost and and Derek's even joined us today. So hello to Jim and Derek. Going on, Jimbo. Hi. Glad to be here. Jimbo. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Jimmy Jimbo, whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> He's a gamer. He's flexible. It's already going to be fun. Derek's not shy. So before we jump in, just to kind of like establish, before we kind of get deeper into the, with the questions and um, and all the questions that Derek has lined up, just to establish, I guess, like a baseline of credibility, I've got just a general question for you. Sure. Do you think a Snickers bar is more of an energy bar <laughs> or a candy bar when out on the trail? Oh, energy trail. bar for sure. Energy bar for energy sure. Bar. Of course. Well, when you when you rig the question, <laughs> you rig yes. the question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is obviously a debate between you. Yeah, ongoing. We have a lot really? of ongoing debates, and and we we go back and forth in this. So anyway, so thanks for for weighing in on that. But um, we obviously brought <laughs> <Sure>. you on. <laughs> we obviously brought you on because Derek and I. Um, yeah, we have kind of an ongoing debate about the Sasquatch as well. And so we wanted to bring on somebody who, you know, was an expert. So so thanks for coming on. My first question sure. for you 
in that regard is, um, have you had a personal experience or an encounter with the Sasquatch? Many. More than I have time to recount. Many. Yeah. So okay. I've had one visual sighting that was at uh, Wellington Lake, which is about 13 miles from here. Okay. And I was fishing early in the morning. We went to Wellington Lake because it's a hotspot for sightings and vocalizations. So we were hoping something would visit our campsite at night. Um, but I got up early the first morning and went out fishing. Nobody else in the camping area was awake. And I am always looking around, particularly when I'm in a hot spot area. So I, this particular lake has a big rock outcropping called the castle that kind of dominates one end of the lake. It's a beautiful setting. And the rocks kind of extend around the side. So I, I looked up and there was something huge standing on the rock way up high. And I have, I have climbed to that place once. It was on hands and knees. It was so steep and so difficult to get to. So I didn't think it could be a hiker. Oh, wow. Okay. It's possible, but I didn't think so. Um, it was very large. It was uniform in color. It was standing on the edge looking down. And I looked up there and I thought, oh, my God, is that what I think it is? And right then a fish grabbed my fly and I turned my attention to the fish and looked back and he was gone. And um, <laughs> so that's okay. that's my visual. But I've had literally more close personal encounters than I can count, ranging from anything like something knocking, howling, whistling, the same tune I'm whistling back at me, throwing rocks at right. me in the woods at night, uh, barking at me. Barking, pushing on the yeah. tent in the middle of the night, grabbing my bed. Yeah, grabbing my bed through the tent and shaking it. So all kinds of things. Whoa, wait, wait. What like when you say grabbing your bed? Are you talking about like your air mattress or what is that? What is that like? No, grabbed. I was in a cot and the cot was touching okay. the edge of the tent, which is a no-no when you're dealing with Sasquatch. And so they they grabbed it okay. and shook it. Um, scared me to where death. Where was that? Where, where was that location? That was up near Steamboat Springs last May, okay. and they oh, okay. they left they left a footprint, and we had handprints all over my truck that morning. After that, mm. so um, mm. they were busy mm. that night. So when you okay, so it's, mm. <laughs> I can't imagine sleeping on a cot and then having somebody or having something grab the edge of it. Is your like what's your emotional reaction to that? Are you are you fearful? Are you like, oh, the Sasquatch again? Um, are you are you like, is that a call to action to jump out of the tent? Or what, what's kind of your internal response? No, I, I never jump out of the tent, mainly because I don't have a death wish. Plus, <laughs> okay. we kind of have this, you have to have this mutual respect for Sasquatch that you, you know, if you're walking on a trail late at night and you hear them next to the trail or in the woods, you know, I tell people I take out, don't don't turn and shine your light on them. They're, they've got great night vision, which I'm assuming means their eyes are sensitive to light. And it's just kind of, you have to understand the level of intelligence that we believe Sasquatch has. And so if I abuse the, the privilege of interacting with them, they won't come back. And so I, I don't jump out of the tent mainly because they would be gone before I could get unzipped and jump out there. If they wanted or intended to harm us, okay. 
they would have done it. They could do it easily. You know, prior to that, grabbing my cot the night before, they were pushing on the tent early, early in the morning. They were pushing on the tent from outside. I could see them pushing in. Yeah, let me ask you. Okay, so from I guess a, a skeptic's perspective, if if night one you're seeing some, you know, you're like we're in a hot spot. They're pushing on our tent. Night two, if it were me, I guess I would have some sort of a trap camera set up, angled at the tent. Did you have something like that? Uh, no, um, that's that's often what people think when they just start doing this. Okay, um, because they will not go in front of a camera. They'll destroy cameras before they'll get their image. I don't know how they know what a camera is, but they do. You can put an audio recorder out there and they'll walk around. They'll, they'll make noises. They'll talk. They'll do all kinds of things. And the audio recorder doesn't bother them. But mm-hmm. you put a game camera with an infrared beam. They, they know it's there. They'll, they'll either just refuse to walk in front of it mm-hmm. or they, you can hear them walking around it, but, or they'll knock it to the ground. I've had a friend had his camera crushed into tiny bits by a Sasquatch. Um, wow. Or they'll turn it, they'll push it around the other side of the tree so they can go the way they want to go. But they, I don't know of anyone, I mean, it's, it's extremely rare to catch anything on a game camera. And if you want to encourage them to come into your campsite, don't put cameras out. If you put cameras out, just like at a gifting sites that we've done, mm-hmm. they'll be interacting with us. If you put a camera out there, everything stops until you take the camera down and then it starts mm-hmm. up again. See, see, that's what's hard for me, I think, being the skeptic is that just seems so convenient. Like to never, I, I guess, you know what I mean? As, as, as far as like, it, they don't like the camera, so I'm not going to put the cameras out. Well, you know what I mean? I think from my my perspective and, and the skeptic's percept, perception as far as, you know, it's like, how do we have, you know, I'm sure you've heard all these questions before, but like, how do we have, you know, images and all the stuff of all these other animals, but we cannot get like legit long-term clear footage of this creature day or night. They're so smart. They can do well, there are, there are clear images. Um, people do get them occasionally wearing a GoPro or something else. I mean, there's, there's thousands of images online. Some of them are hoaxes. The hoaxes are usually fairly easy to pick out because it's a guy in a gorilla suit. Sasquatch, a real Sasquatch, is really hard to mistake for a guy in a Sasquatch suit. And so they they walk differently. They're seven to eight feet tall. We can't imitate that. Their body proportions are different to ours. Arm length, leg length, um, arm to leg ratio, all those kinds of things. They have a gait that we really have almost an impossible time imitating. To touch on that, let's say let's say that um, hypothetically Shaquille O'Neal dresses up in a Sasquatch suit. From a distance, you, you're saying you'd be able to tell the difference between no, not necessarily. I mean, he's he's seven foot, right. but again, you there's there's a couple of guys who do a really good job online of analyzing videos to determine if they are hoaxes or not because there's a lot of hoaxes. Um, I've had two experiences in the past two weeks of hoaxers trying to pull one over on us. Um, and it happens a lot. Unfortunately, it goes with the terrain, but no, immediately you wouldn't know, but if they walked at all, you would know. And again, a Bigfoot suit is made to fit a human. And so a Sasquatch 
their arm to leg mm-hmm. ratio is so different from ours that you would have to have arm extensions or leg extensions to even hope to be close to their proportions, which makes walking and imitating a Sasquatch even more difficult. Right, right. Okay. All right. And to follow up on another point you made about just, I guess, sort of, you know, walking with respect and not, you know, the shining of the lights and, and having kind of a, just a healthy, I don't know about fear, but just a healthy respect, I guess, for the Sasquatch. Respect, yeah. So there, so let me give you a scenario. There, there was hypothetically a, uh, a guy who understood that Sasquatch can be attracted to Mm. apples and he ambled into the forest in a Sasquatch zone, uh, Olympic National Park, wearing okay. an apple necklace. Is that unwise? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to come after somebody because they have an apple around their neck. Okay. There you go, Carl. If you put food out, we don't put we don't put food out just because if you have a habit of putting food and then you stop putting food, they've been known to take some drastic actions we don't do that. Uh, we, we, we gift with other things that hopefully they find interesting, but yeah, but food, no, an apple around your neck. No, they're, they're, they're way more intelligent than that. It'd be like saying, well, Carl likes Snickers bars. So if you hang a Snickers bar around your neck, he's going to come after you just like you wouldn't do that. They won't do that. And so I don't know. I might actually. You might. <laughs> you you might. You uh, might. Yeah. And just to clarify, it was it was five apples around the neck. So I don't know if that ups the ante at all. But okay. No. Gotcha. No. No, Carl. No, he's he's naysaying. <laughs> mean, mean being like a mean like bait, yeah, acting we, as bait. We should have talked for, to Jim yeah. prior to our our last. This show. is all Carl's idea to bait me right. as a Sasquatch. Yeah. Oh, I see. Hypothetically. Yeah. 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 It wasn't really hypothetical. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I think the best way to use Derek as bait is to have him sit in the woods by himself at go. night and yeah. he might see some action, but mm. not with apples. A lot of options well, there. Yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you our video from Olympic national park and you can, sure. you, you can mock it if you want to, but <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk, okay. let's talk like let's talk like the the facts though. Let's talk like okay. I know there's footage and there maybe there's footage and there's hoaxes and we have all that stuff going on. But let's talk like the facts of the Sasquatch as far as like people might want to know. You know, I feel in my opinion, I, feel, I I'm always like, well, can we get? Have you ever found like hair samples and you know their nesting places? Like, are there things like that that come up when people are talking to you about? Sure. What do you sure. say to them about that? I have not found any hair, but lots of hair has been found. I mean, if you start just with visual sightings. So in our museum, we have a map. It's about five feet by four feet of Colorado. And anytime somebody comes in yeah. to my store with a convincing story, either they've seen one or what they think was one, they've heard something they thought was a Sasquatch, they found footprints and they've been able to show me photos of those they've found a tree structure Mm -hmm. or they've had something thrown at them we have different color pins for those and we will plot if they convince me we'll plot that on our map now we've got over 300 pins on the map after about eight years so and i i other than my own experiences i personally know at least 50 maybe 70 people who have seen them who have no reason to lie about it. So um, close up, close up and personal. To be fair, though, and I hear that. To be fair, though, I think for a lot of people, myself included, this is one of those times where I'm like, I 
am like, I need to see Jesus alive after he died. You know, I'm Thomas. I'm doubting sure. Thomas. You know, like, let me see this body. Like, where's the body? Where's the hair? Where's the, is there a nest somewhere? I'm like, to me, I feel like these guys are like anal retentive. They must be like the cleanest creatures on the planet if nobody can find things. Well, they, they do leave scat, and people have found that. They obviously leave footprints, which would be very, very hard to imitate. We've got quite a few plaster casts in our museum that I would challenge anyone to try to, to fake. I feel like the Sasquatch community is, is you know, you guys are your own community in, in a way, right? And, sure, we are. And Absolutely. I feel like, you know, the re- a, a large portion of the world is is looking down. Like, all these scientists are like, these guys are crazy. This isn't real. This is ridiculous, right? Have you guys ever had, like, a like a maybe, like, a virtual powwow of, like, you know what? Let's get together some of our best yeah. teammates or whatever, and let's go trap one. Let's go trap a live one and study it and prove and, and prove everybody wrong. Because if you do it, that would blow the cap off of everything. The can of worms is open, right? It would. That That's where I guess, I, yeah. Here's the problem with that. Okay. Again, it'd be like trying to trap one of us. Now, you could trap a person, given the right circumstances and the right motivation for them to get caught in a trap. But Sasquatch is as intelligent as we are. And so... They see through a lot of our efforts, cameras being one of them, to to get information on them. Secondly is I don't think I could build a cage that would fool a Sasquatch to get into, climb into it, for one, and that a, a, a creature that's eight to nine feet tall and probably weighs a 1,000 pounds couldn't get out of. Their, their strength is legendary. Their strength, the things they do to trees are defy the imagination and so um i cannot imagine a trap that could hold them can't we can't we tranquilize it though can't we tranquilize um it? you could um i have i have researcher friends who at least in the past have have traveled and done research okay. with a tranquilizer kit yeah but here's here's the other thing with tranquilizing again if you're if you're going to tranquilize a human You'd have to shoot them somewhere where they couldn't pull the dart out immediately, which is probably just about in the center sure. of the back. And so to be able to shoot a Sasquatch, and we've talked about this, where do you shoot a Sasquatch? He's not going to pull the dart out and then come after you. And so you've got to shoot him right in the middle of the back, which is sure. under the stress of the moment. And my friend is a is a surgeon. I mean, he has all the equipment. He had IVs. He had everything you would need to keep a Sasquatch sedated to take samples. Mm-hmm. But he said, I understand that my biggest challenge is going to be to dart them somewhere they cannot pull it out before it has an effect. The better bet is going to be to find a body. Now, bodies sure. have been found. Sasquatch have been killed. I think there's a number of agencies within our government that know that they're there and routinely stonewall anyone that tries to get information out of them. We have a... So you think it's like an Area 51 type type deal? Like they know, but they don't know. I do, and I don't know why. I don't know why that would be. So I have a friend who's a researcher whose daughter works for a large national forest office in Oregon. I won't say which forest, but um, she took a picture okay. of a form that they have. It's called a Bigfoot Sighting Report. And it's particularly designed for their firefighters, wildland firefighters. On the, it has the watermark of their of their national forest and their station, 
And there's two pages. She took she took a picture of the cover. She opened up, took a picture of the questions on the inside. On the front, it says the name of the Bigfoot Saturn report. It gives the name of the National Forest Fire Team. I can't remember the exact term they used. And then it says, do not bother submitting joke reports. We will not enter them in the database. So they have a database. They are keeping track of Sasquatch sightings or or bodies that they find after fires. Yeah. And uh, Mount St. Helens is a great example of when apparently a lot of bodies were found. But um, they – so if one national forest office is doing this, I have to believe others are. It can't be the only one. And so – but you never hear about that. Let's talk about, I know I mentioned like the caves and stuff. We didn't really get into that though. What, what about like, I've heard they live in tree nests up in the trees. I've heard they live in caves. Is there any like footage of, or, or of them, you know, like you guys are getting footage of these, of these, uh, you know, where they live and, and, or do they like, I always thought like, do they make their nest? Do they sleep in it and then tear it down? Cause they're super neat. And then they come down. This is gonna this is gonna stretch stretch my credibility with you guys. My answer to this, but oh boy, okay, I'm buckled up. Yes, I think they probably sleep. They probably sleep in caves. They do make nests. I don't think they use them a great deal uh, because I don't think they stay in this dimension all the time. Now, dimension. The reason I would say that, and okay. if you'd asked me that question even okay. five years ago, I would have. Yeah, I would have poo-pooed you. The reason I believe that is that I'm, I have two people in my research team who have seen them disappear in front of their eyes, literally just dematerialize in front of their eyes. And another member of my team and myself have seen something that I can only describe as cloaked in the woods. There was something there. There was something moving. I could see movement and color, but but there was nothing there. And it was like, pre- it was like predator. It was like invisible. It was like predator. It was like shape okay. moving through the, the trees that you could see the movement, but you could see through it. And again, I can't explain that. I can't even say that was a Bigfoot. It, something was there that was cloaked. Now, so the question I have is, I don't know if when they've disappeared, if they've just become invisible to that person's view or if they go somewhere different, they have abilities that, that we don't have. Now, slight departure from your question, but if you if you have a Christian worldview, um, which I have, I'm that's my background, and uh, a lot of the guys I do research with, one of whom really believes and has written a book on the fact that Sasquatch is the remnants of the Nephilim. If that is true, and I'm I'm not sure what I think about it, but if that is true, the Nephilim were if you understand the biblical text, and I don't know that we do for sure, but if the sons of God and the, and the sons, daughters of men bred, that they those were not full human. They were human and angelic or human and non-human. And my guess is the result of that union was a creature or a human that had abilities that normal humans did not have but isn't isn't the nephilim described as direct offspring of angels and demons right so we're not talking we're not talking about earthly and heavenly we're talking about all spiritual like a complete spiritual thing so if if you're gonna make that leap which you know you did stretch my credibility i'll I'll, I'll be honest with you but i'm gonna be open i'm gonna be open 
Um, but if we're talking about the Nephilim, that's what we're saying, right? There's that's they're like a, an offspring of a spiritual situation. So if my I guess my natural my, my natural reaction is like, well, if I'm this offspring of a na- of a spiritual whatever, why am I choosing to live on Earth as this Sasquatch, this hairy beast who can? I, I mean, I don't know their reasons if that's true, but I guess I'm just you know there to me there's just. Just think philosophically about that for a second. There. Sure. Why? Why not? I mean, if that's what you've ever known and that's your life, why they would think? Why do you? Why do we choose? I mean, if you think about it, if we go out in the woods, sure. who's better prepared to live outside? They are. We would die without. Well, that's true. No, I'm without not, shelter I don't, I don't and with that. clothing. We would die. That so, I don't disagree with. I personally, this is one of those things, and I think a lot of people would maybe agree with me, but like if you, unless I have like a personal experience in this area, like I'm, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap your mind around, right? Unless, unless, you know, you guys find a live one and we get it and, and, and you prove everybody wrong. I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're up against, which is a tough thing to do, right? That's what we're talking about. So if you look at, if you look at the Native American lore about Sasquatch, I have yet to meet any Native American tribe that does not only believe in them, but has a tradition about them. They have their own name. Every Native American tribe, I challenge you to talk to any Native Americans today. The young generation probably don't know the name, but they know about Bigfoot. They have to go back to their parents to ask them the name in their language. But we have lots and lots of Native Americans come into our store. And um, so every tribe has their own name, their own experience, and their belief all of them is that Sasquatch is not an animal. They're people. They're a different tribe of people. They're a different kind of people. But there's lots of of legends about Native Americans having agreements with them, having even during the polio outbreak of having Sasquatch that were had contracted polio coming into their villages for help and finding that the Indians were in the same plight. They had polio as well. And so so they, I, I would not at all put it past Sasquatch to come looking for help if they needed it and thought we could provide it. So you would have to wonder, why does every Native American tribe have a tradition of this if it's not true? I mean, they, they, were, they came from all over the country, different geographical environments. And as I said, I've only met one who didn't believe, and he was actually a tribal cop who investigated Bigfoot sightings in his tribe. And his wife thought he was nuts that he didn't believe. So I feel like I feel like this conversation could just keep going because a lot of things you've been saying have definitely piqued my interest. But just for the sake of time, yeah, I just wanted you to, to have a opportunity to share about you know you've got you've got a podcast, you've got a store in Bailey, Colorado, you've got a YouTube channel. So yeah, what, yeah, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about what you got going on with that. Sure. So our store is the Sasquatch Outpost, and we we have a store and we have a museum, both, and we're the only store of this kind in Colorado. There's six other stores around the country that kind of focus on Bigfoot store and or museum that we built in 2016 and subsequently expanded, doubled the size of it. And then since mid-2016 to now, we've had about somewhere about 30,000 people go through the museum. So in a little town of 10,000 people, that's a lot of people. And then we have a podcast called You Don't Know Squatch, and you can yes. find it on YouTube, on Apple Apple Play, on Google Play, on Instagram. So 
we have our own website. So basically, if you just Google "you don't know Squatch," uh, the podcast will pop up pretty quickly. So okay, perfect, yeah. And we're in our second season of the podcast. We really appreciate you just coming on and being authentic and standing up to Derek's questions and uh, not backing down. And Thank you for all of the uh, wonderful insight. That's a lot of great input. Um, but yeah, we just thanks for coming on. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. So Derek, before we get too far in, there's a couple things I want to say. Okay. All right. First thing is... Like, obviously, we're, you know, we're on a podcast. There's no video footage of the podcast. So I'm not expecting him to really, you know, convince you of the Bigfoot just through through talking. Like, that's not realistic, right? right. This was more just about was he able to answer your questions satisfa- in a satisfactory manner. So there's that. Then we kind of dove into a different, I guess, realm, realm I was going to say will, realm, yeah. Where, yeah, and so I think that this realm that we delved into a little bit requires that we kind of take a leap of faith in terms of kind of where we believe the Sasquatch to be for those people that might think that this is a real creature. And I just want to share, I have not taken that same leap of faith. So I'm going to kind of let him speak for himself in Mm -hmm. that regard. Yeah. So with that said, what are your reactions? Uh, I mean, you know, I think for me, it's just, it's hard to wrap my mind around some of the things that were, were discussed. You know, I wanted to hear, I wanted to be open to what he had to say. You know, his experiences are his experiences, mm-hmm. as all of ours are. So right. uh, I can't fully say 100% yes or no, because I haven't had the experiences he's had, right? So, you know, I think I tried to get him to understand, like, you know, at this point in the Squatch histories of, of all Squatchness, of all stories, of all, all sightings, all, all this stuff, to get a person like me or like Joe Schmo or, or the people who are like, you're crazy, like, to get us to believe that this is real, you are going to have to catch a live one, like legit, or you're going to have to get like high mm-hmm. def, like genius, legit footage that's not all weird and questionable. Right, like it's got to be like legit. A few minutes mm. in, like let me just follow this thing around. Let me track it. Okay. You're not gonna get me to believe it any other way. And I hate to sound like a doubting Thomas, but that's yeah. that's what it is. So when he's talking to me about like the Squatch are too smart, they know when you put cameras in the camp. I'm like, wait, what? No, I, I, it's like if they're this smart of an animal, or or not an animal, whatever you want to call them, if they're this mm-hmm. smart. Like, what, why are they just chilling out in the woods? You know, why aren't they, like, setting up shop and, like, building houses and things? I, like, I don't, I don't understand, like, why aren't they more right. civilized? Because he's saying that they're going into... This is where the disconnect is. Like, if they're going into these Native American camps and they're getting treatment for whatever, right. you're telling me that uh, if you have an animal like that, why can't they build a teepee? Why can't they build anything? Uh, sustainable <laughs> you know that should have been the title for our episode is why can't Sasquatch build teepees <laughs> yeah. um, so if, if you have Squatch who are trusting Native American tribes and maybe maybe that's a real I don't, I don't know I don't know like are all the Native American tribes lying are they creating this let's say they're not for one second let's say that like this actually happened let's say the Squatch came in brought in little baby Squatch whatever they're getting treatment for an owie. They got on a tree or, or whatever, right? They're, they're doing that. Okay. At what <laughs> point? There had to be some kind of event right. that happened to cause the Squatch trust in man to, to break, 
right? To be like, well, now I, I'm not going to, I'm going to be invisible or whatever he said. And, and I'm not going to even show myself ever again. Like what happened? Like there was this trust. They're getting, they're going into the village. Like what happened? Like, I always feel like there's some way that these guys have an answer to get out of everything when they're pinned up against the wall. And that, that's where I, that's where I have the struggle. I think that's what's challenging for me. I think that's a good question. I think it's a question, you know, for those that kind of believe along those lines, I think it's a fair question to ask. I don't know that, uh, you're the answer that we got in the, in the interview was satisfactory. So I'm going to break it down to some of the more specifics. You already mentioned one of the specifics I want to get to, and I'm just going to throw questions at you and kind of what your evaluation of it was. Okay. So first one is, do you think it's possible that if there were a Bigfoot out there that they could detect the infrared in a trap camera? I'm not talking about like that they would have the awareness to move it, but can they at least detect it? Do you think? Detect it. Uh, I, I don't know how. But I'm gonna say no. I mean, I, it's okay. it's hard to imagine how, right? Because if you're that advanced to to detect it, why are you living out in the forest? You know, what I mean, that's that's pretty advanced. I don't know. That's me. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, that's that's. I think that was my initial reaction as well. But I did do a Google search: can animals detect infrared? Mm-hmm. And pit vipers came up as like being very aware or sensing somehow infrared and maneuvering around it or moving away from it. So hmm. it's not foreign that an animal can detect infrared now whether you want to take the next step and then they want to avoid it or they want to move it that's a whole different thing right so so there's kind of kind of a fun fact there all right next question i have for you is one thing that stood out from this interview was the um grabbing the cot incident right Mm. okay Mm. like that's freaky man that's freaky so yeah so here's my question to you is is he lying is he dreaming is he being hoaxed, or do you have some other explanation for what's going on there? That was a tough one. I I I, yeah. I don't know. I don't. You know, be if I'm somebody who believes that I'm going to be like, wow, that's crazy. I guess mm-hmm. I'm trying to imagine like I, maybe he was missing. I mean, I'd like to think as a non-believer like that he misinterpreted that. Like maybe something uh, bumped his cot. Maybe somebody. Maybe he was dreaming. Like he a got, bear. Like a saying. bear. Like a deer. Like something bumped it. Maybe he okay. was dreaming and thought he got pulled, and it's like one of those dreams that feels real, like we all have. Um, mm. But if you are encountering the most amazing creature on the planet of the Earth, and then you're like, mm, no, I'm going to stay in my tent. I don't know. I just, I don't know. He had, yeah, it sounds like he has a general respect or maybe fear of the creature so that's the thought behind that. But, 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 but like, what's the... Um, what's, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Let's, put, let's, put, let's, put it, let's put it in... Like, let's make a scenario, like, for you. Yeah. So let's say that we have, like, like we're going camping, car camping, so we have cots for some reason, and we're not backpacking. Mm-hmm. And everybody's accounted for inside that one tent, so there's no extra guys out there, and we're in a remote area, so we're not, like, Correct. you know, it's not going to be, like, the, the kids next door in their campsite. Sure. And you feel like your cot gets grabbed. What's your thought process? What's your reaction? My thought process is like like grabbed, right? Like I'm gonna be spooked. Yeah, like it's pulled, like it, like as if like a hand, you know, fingers, and a thumb. It, right? so, yeah, and I know yeah. there's no gorillas out here. Okay, so I, obviously right. I'm spooked. Obviously I'm freaked, right? Because right? that's that's trippy. If I if I easily know that it's nobody else, right? Or it's not a mm-hmm. prank. Maybe we're all in the same tent, so it's kind of hard to do that, right? Without making yeah, a big kerfuffle. Exactly. So I think you know, knowing that people are 
dumb enough to like, hey, let me just go right up to a bear and take a picture because I'm super curious about it. You know, you're right. you're like walking up to moose and like trying to get them on film. Like the natural <laughs> human curiosity is going to be like, what the junk was that? Like I, I got it. Like what right. was that? So for me, I'm just like, dude, I if that is a squatch, like I, I got to like, like what's the goal with the squatch? The goal, like, what is your goal with the squatch? Like, is it to your goal is to have a shaky camera footage, right? Is it to like reveal this creature and be like the the because you know whoever truly finds this creature and like captures or 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 whatever traps or whatever, they're gonna be like a pioneer, right? But nobody can. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I'd be like, dude, we gotta see what this is all about. Like, what's going on? So yeah, that would be my instinct, but. So you're not you're not giving me anything specific. You, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm do? spooked, but I'm also thinking like, okay. where's my phone? I gotta take some shots. I gotta get a picture. I gotta. So you're going, you're unzipping it, and you're getting after it. Yeah, I'm like, I gotta, or, okay. or, or like, let me look through the rain fly. Let me see what I can hear. Like, where's this thing? Mm. I, I wake you up. You know, I definitely wake you up, and then we would yeah. try to do something. I think you would be up for it. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. I, I first of all, I believe that you would do that. Oh, I totally. However, would, yeah. if I asked that for you know, if some of the other guys in our group, I think their response would be you know, like if it was their cot getting grabbed, they'd be like, uh, "Carl, like a Sasquatch is grabbing my cot. Can you go take care of that?" Right, right. They wouldn't even. <laughs> they wouldn't. You know. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. So true. So, okay. Yeah. So here's my response. I mean, I don't like, I feel my, I would probably do the same thing you would, but really by the time you're getting out there, if it's one of, if it's an elusive creature, it's going to be gone, whether it's a bear or something else. Right. Right. So my thought is, okay, there's something in our camp. And if we're staying there a second night, even if I believe that that creature is going to move the infrared camera, I'm setting up the trap camera, man, like just on the off chance it works or just doesn't get detected. Like I would have that all the time, all the time. Like, I wouldn't assume that it wouldn't work. All the right. Time. That's my, that's my strategy all the time. Now he's, he has a lot more experience. He's like, you know, we've done this like a million times and then they always move it. So maybe that's kind of his perspective, but, um, all right. Next question yeah. was Jim's worst assumption of the whole show of the whole interview was his worst assumption that I would not attack somebody with a Snickers necklace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that was definitely up there. It was definitely up there. Okay. Yeah. I think I think he, he kind of sort of backdoored his way into challenging you to, uh, to wear a Snickers necklace on this next trip. Mm. So are you up for that? Um, I'm thinking that... No, I'm not going to wear a Snickers necklace. No, I can't do that. I think this could be the start of just like an annual necklace wearing thing where every year you just wear a weird necklace that somehow gets eaten away after like a day. Mm. Yeah, it would be, and it would be like, melted. How awesome would that be? It'd like be melted all over my shirt. Yeah, if, but if, it, I don't think it's going to last that long. I feel like, you know, mid morning, I'm going to be like, Derek, uh, I'm ready for a snack and just kind of yank one off your necklace. Yeah. Um, have at it. The other guys yeah, want to. Yeah, have at it. It's gonna it's gonna be gone by yeah. lunchtime for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so it sounds like you're up for that. No, I'm not. But uh, <laughs> do I want to get chocolate all over my? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's in the wrapper. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't, dude. Dude, why you feel would... like you feel like this, the the Snickers necklace is gonna leak on you? <sighs> it wouldn't be the first time. First of all, uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
<laughs> because, like, because, oh like, like, you know that if you put anything chocolate in a wrapper or out of a wrapper, it's gonna get gross. I mean, I guess I could just crack it open and just down it anyway. I guess, but I don't. This I'm not gonna. I just don't want to entertain this. I don't want to entertain this whole. He obviously admitted the apple necklace okay. isn't right. gonna do anything. Yeah. So just the last last thing I want to share, Derek, yep. um, is that. I, well, first of all, I think that the, you know we'll let the listeners make their own decisions based on what he said, and they can kind of draw their own conclusions. But kind of a fun fact is that spot that he said that he saw the Sasquatch at, at a place mm. called Wellington Lake, which is just right off yeah. of the Colorado Trail. Um, you and I have backpacked right near there. That's Lost Creek Wilderness. That's where we did our fastest snow time yep. attempt last summer. And then we we literally drove past Wellington Lake, leaving mm-hmm. a backpacking trip years ago. And so I know you would. It's, it was a long time ago, so you wouldn't remember it. But we've yeah. actually been in that area, and yeah, so we're familiar with that zone, but have not obviously had the same experience he has. And where he where he lives is actually not far from there. Huh. So anyway, fun fact. Any any yeah. last thoughts or anything you want to share that you feel like didn't come out in the interview? No, I mean, you know, he covered a lot. I mean, obviously, it's it's going to be, it is what it is. Like, he's in his, he's got his experiences, I got mine. So, you know, right. I think it's one of those things, unless I have a personal experience, as many of us, I think, would. It's just, it's so hard to wrap your head around. I mean, you know, you could say, you could argue the same thing for, like, aliens in New Mexico or whatever. Like, unless mm. you've actually had something happen to you, it's really hard to wrap your head around it because it's so crazy. It's so, yeah. it's so, it's out there. And um, we did not set out to prove anything with this episode other than I wanted to give you the opportunity to challenge a Sasquatch expert. And I think that you did, my friend. We challenged. I think it didn't really change anything, but it was fun to get some perspective. As you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, his his co-host is a pretty big skeptic, too. So he's used to, to all that. Um, but he does he does do trips yeah. where you know he'll take you into Sasquatch country and you'll experience the rock throws and possibly the cot grabs and that kind of things maybe even have a sighting and so he he leads expeditions out there he's a, he's a guide for that so you can um, I'll have the link for his store and you can kind of check it out so so again so. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Jim Myers thanks for coming on to our show we appreciate it and uh, we hope you had a good time like we did so yes. there you go yes this, this is a longer Definitely episode good. so we're, we're gonna yeah. actually pass on the trivia but I did have a couple tidbits to share <gasps> yeah yeah well, well well the first one's mainly just the reaction to your nonsense from the budget versus premium gear episode right fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. 
Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Okay, so a couple things you said. All right. Okay, so I'm just going to allow you to, yeah. do you want to stand by these statements or not? Okay. Okay. Uh, Osprey is a budget brand. Get, get all what you're saying out, and then I'm going to answer it. Is uh, Osprey a budget brand? Well, I'm just going to say, okay. Um, Osprey is a budget brand, and your day pack style backpacking backpack weighs about two pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, those are the two? Do you want, do you want to stand by the I statements? Do. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> bring it okay. okay well first of all i think I've, i feel like i've made it you know i feel like i've made it big time i've got the trash talk from the online crowd this is what i've been waiting for this is what it's it's come and uh here it is so i welcome it i embrace it um yeah. no i think the here's the thing is like budget what is budget budget is subjective right so would would this be budget for i'm not saying i'm bill gates but like would this be budget for bill gates for sure it would be budget for go but like it's it's all relative like if if um if i consider this in my budget then it's budget do i know that there's cheaper stuff out there for sure have i tried the cheaper stuff out there for sure is there newer cheaper stuff that's probably just as good a quality Probably, but I think for me and like what I like and what I have experienced and what I'm willing to try and like all those things and and what I have as far as classified as budget, for me, it's in the budget that I want for what I want to buy. So be mad about it. Don't be mad about it. But um, I don't know if you can quantify budget. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm a backpacker doesn't mean I have to buy the lower budgety items to, con- to be like, to have that be considered budget right so all right so here's some of the comments we got uh from nick i wish i had derek i wish i had derek's budget osprey is far from budget gear <laughs> from chris from rakea designs a known budget gear company Correct. that sells some budget gear that we talked Correct. about back in january right. um, he says what kind of scratch is derek pulling in that osprey is budget gear fair question sure and sure this was good by michelle if you purchase Osprey from REI, your dividend mm-hmm. kickback is pretty sweet. Hence, budget gear. Exactly. <laughs> but that's a great point. Yeah, great yeah. point. I think she was being sarcastic. To, she was, yeah. but I still get more to spend. But um, yeah, I don't. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Like, you know, I'll get the heat. I'll take the heat. Okay. Like, you, you look when you're playing poker for a living, you got cash laying all over the place. You know, right. then you, you can buy these things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, that's, not, that's not really the case. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> okay that's horrible. so i don't know that you defended yourself very well there so i will um no that was horrible that yeah, was horrible yeah but I will, um, but but here's here's where there's, what there's, a, there's i'll say this before you okay. before you i know you're gonna make a good point but before you do that i will say i should have been more clear and said when you just when you're like is osprey a budget company it's a budget company for me that doesn't mean it's a budget company <laughs> for everybody else or or certain people. Are you saying? Are you basically saying, mm-hmm. like I'm rich, so this is budget for me? Well, that's that's this. This is where the double edged sword of getting internet flack comes from. You know, like, okay. can I budget for something a little bit more pricey, but still make a modest income? Yeah, by by neglecting other things that I'm that other people might buy, and I'm budgeting. I'm budgeting okay, my money okay. for that okay. specific item. Sure. 
So I think I think your use of the word budget is different than what people's definition for budget is. I think what you're saying is like you're budgeting for it, like you're creating a budget for it because you value that pack versus this is considered a budget pack, otherwise known as like, you know, a good deal or a pack that's on the cheaper side in terms of price. You do love me. You do love me. And so, and, and this okay. is where I need to do a better job explaining. So yeah, you're, you're, you're right. It's like, is it, if, you know, if, am I buying all this gear all the time and then throwing some Osprey? No, I'm not doing that. So yeah. like I'm buying, I'm not buying other things that I might buy to save or to put that money toward the Osprey because I really like okay. that bag. So am I budgeting for it? Yeah. Is it in my budget? Okay. Yeah. Right, enough, enough. You've rambled enough. Okay. So. Jeez. <laughs> okay. So here's. So thanks for, first of all, thanks for defending yourself there. Any, anybody else want to go? Anybody else want to go? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's no, go. no, I do. I do. Because that was okay, not the bigger go. offender of your statement. Because for me, oh boy. I let this yeah. pass because I was like, he probably just has the stats wrong. But when you say like, hey, I got a day pack and I'm mm-hmm. using it as a backpack and this weighs two pounds and costs $170, <laughs> to me, <laughs> you have a super heavy day pack that you have way overspent on that you're using for backpacking. If your backpack legitimately weighs two pounds, I mean, there are so many, first of all, day packs, you can find day packs way lighter than two pounds easily. I have one that's five ounces and you can- Does it fit all my stuff though? That's the key, Does it right? Fit- no, okay, that's but I right. have, but I have a, but I've got a budget backpack right now, that Go Light pack that I bought for for way less than that, and that's considered a backpacking backpack. Right, it weighs about the same. So right. okay, so right. it should be lighter. Is what I'm saying is if if is if you're gonna go that small of, of capacity, it should be way lighter than that. Okay, but it's not all about that though. It's not all about that. Like your your backpack is light, and it's considered a, a backpack. But I don't like how that's. I don't like all the storage. You like, don't like the, the color. setup. Just just be I honest. You don't like blue. I love the. No, I love your color. I just don't like how it's set up. So I want to find something that I like the way it's set up. Mm. And like, it, I could have got a bigger backpack for cheaper. But then I know I, this is where you guys don't own. Like I know if I get that bigger backpack for the same price, it's like oh, it's a forty-two. It's but it's cheaper. Right. Like if I if I do that, then I'm gonna have the tendency to pack more. And I know that like it's we're gonna have a lot of that. Like oh, you well you can carry more group gear. Oh, you can, you know, you can carry more of this, more of that. And you're just going to end up loading. It's, it's, are you really going to have all that? People generally view you, people view you as like weeks. They're not going to give you extra group. group (laughs) (laughs) That's probably true. I would like to share with everybody that based upon Derek's defense of, of this, of these accusations, if you want to hit the unsubscribe button, (laughs) I understand. I understand. Would I (laughs) be found? Moving on to the next tidbit. I've I've heard enough. I don't want to talk about this anymore. (laughs) You're just going on and on and saying the same thing. Would I be guilty in a court of law? Probably. Probably. Just know this, that I have just edited this podcast and taken out like three or four minutes of him saying the same thing. So Not it doesn't true. sound like he's repetitive. He was. Not true. He was. Not true. All right. For those of you that are still listening, if you would like to call in, we, we're going to try like a listener call-in show. We tried yes. this a couple weeks back and I just, it was like on the fly. I was like, oh, people are, you know, working from home. Maybe they have some flexibility built in their schedule and they did not. Like everybody was like, what are you talking about? I'm still working. And I thought, oh, mm. I guess this whole stay at home order is not in effect as, you know, far reaching as I thought. So, or, or a lot of people were just essential personnel and I did not think that. So anyway, if you're available for this listener call-in show, we're thinking around 11 a.m. Pacific time. We're going to shoot for this upcoming Friday, so the Friday after this show is released. 
And if you want to reach out to us either on Facebook or through email, please do and let us know if you're interested and we'll try to get you on there. It'll be obviously different than an MP3 because you know, you can ask a question, you can make a comment, and then we'll have some back and forth and you can respond. And if you disagree, obviously you'll have a chance to tell Derek why he's wrong. Oh, that'd be so, great. So there's that. But it's if you fun. just want to call and just to chat, like we could provide the topic as well. We definitely have a lot, you know, like we, we are good at weird questions. So we will. We are good you. at drumming up conversation. For sure. And so just be sure. good to hear from everybody and just kind of, yeah, get a sense for what's going on out there. So um, yeah. may not work. We'll see. It didn't work last time, but we'll try it again. So 11, p- 11 a.m. Pacific time. I know it's right in the middle of the day, but it's hard to get, it's hard to lock yeah. Derek down. And, and uh, yeah. I'll be locked in. And let us know, like, you know, if you want to let us know ahead of time what you want to talk about. That's fine, if too. If anything. Like, yeah. If anything. We're yeah. just excited to talk to you guys because we love yeah. having you guys. So. That's all I got, my friend. Okay. Well, I love it. Um, I want to be a part of it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in for this long episode in my ranting. But Carl asked for passion. I gave him passion. (laughs) So next time you have a friend who wants you to be vulnerable, make sure it's not Carl. We'll see you next time. So Carl, Carl did. He did set up the trap cameras. Uh, in his own in his own backyard, and he found that he's got a family of Sasquatch behind his house. Little ones, big ones, hairy ones, bald ones, albino ones. They're all there, but they seem to know where the camera is, and they move it, and then they they can actually delete. They actually delete the footage, and then they put it back on the tree, and then that's that's the story. How do I know this? Maybe I have a Sasquatch brother. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.